There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. They were there. And, and we're just so grateful because they're always there. They're always standing on the wall protecting us. And I think about all of the people who over the years have done everything right, really everything right. They, they serve their country, they do the right thing, and still terrible things happen. And we lose members of the military, sometimes in training accidents. So I don't take for granted that they're risking their lives even when they're just going to boot camp. And, and I'm just so grateful. And I've known so many men and women. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the highlights of my day, and I had a lot of highlights. A lot of people so far have texted me birthday greetings or called me. You know, not just my family, which you kind of expect that, but lots of people, including a text message this morning from, you know, from Congressman Brian Mast, who just said, you know, happy birthday, Jay love Sarge, you know, and, and I think about, you know, I'm I'm sure he's kind of busy. Today was kind of a big day. They expelled uh, George Santos from Congress, a Republican from New York, a congressman. So I can imagine that it's like I wasn't on everybody's mind, even those people who would say that, you know, I have a working relationship with them, like Michael Waltz and like, uh, you know, uh, Matt Gates and, and of course, um, Brian, but but Congressman Mast is actually a personal friend, and it doesn't make a difference. But it doesn't seem he has never moved away from the friendship. Is all I'm going to say. And I've worked very closely with other congressmen, including one that I almost worked for, who didn't. You know, they never thought about anybody but themselves. I can't say that about Brian Mast. You know, he's forever the staff sergeant, and I appreciate that. Today was, uh, you know, a pretty intense day. The fighting has resumed in the Israel-Hamas war. Uh, George Santos was expelled. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, the former Supreme Court justice, she passed away at 93. Um, It actually was a pretty, a lot of things happened on December 1st besides my birthday. And, And I'm just, you know, trying to, wrap my mind around it. You know, he refuses to resign. And, you know, this is going to be not a good thing, not a good precedent. Not that I like George Santos at all. I think he should have stepped down, stepped away. He's a, you know, a pathological liar and all the rest of it. But he has a good point when he warns the lawmakers that, again, when they do this kind of stuff, it sets a terrible precedent, and it means that this will become a weapon used against people in inside of 
you know, the halls of Congress, which is fine. They should be held to the same standards of justice, but for goodness sake, you know, now you got uh, that you can bounce a speaker out of his office with very little uh, fuss and bother. And now you got uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, pretty much threatening to leave. You got no more Republican from New York in George Santos sitting there. And, you know, I'm just, I don't understand why we're such a mess right now in the United States of America. It has to be a falling away from morals and principles. And I believe, and, you know, this is my faith, that's a falling away from God. You know, if you stop uh, thinking that you have to answer to a power greater than yourself about your behavior, then you can behave any old which way. And that's what George Santos did. I mean, that's what so many people who are serving do. On uh, Sunday, the forty Club 47 is hosting Marjorie Taylor Greene, so I'll be there. And I have my ups and downs with MTG. You know, she was like a, a big hero to me, and then I lost, I was very disenchanted with her for a period of time, and now I kind of waver. She's right on some things and dead wrong on other things, just like everybody else, a human being. But but the fact that she's a, a fire starter is the thing I like about her. And George Santos, you know, I don't even know what this guy actually believes in. He got expelled in a vote today where, you know, basically, who's going to argue with that? The ethics report was damning. I mean, his conduct. He took campaign donations and pocketed them, basically. I mean, he did it a little more uh, creatively, but he basically was running his life off for the money that people were giving him to win a seat in Congress. You can't do that. You know, and you should be held accountable for that. But the whole con- congressional circus that we've been living with, with him, with George Santos, is crazy. I mean, this guy made up his whole life. He made up his education. He made up his 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 work history. He he just made it all up. And all I keep thinking to myself is like, how do you? Why would you do that? Do you really think that you're going to get away with it? The top Democrat on the ethics committee is uh, Susan Wild, and she said that you know when the, when the decision was made in the ethics committee. It was unanimous. That means there was no question in anybody's mind that he perpetrated a massive fraud on his constituents and therefore on the American people. And now, trust me, this guy's troubles are far from over. Not only has he lost his job, but there's a 23-count indictment against him that accuses him of duping his donors, stealing from his campaign, and here's the the one that you know really is is where he's going to encounter a lot of uh, trouble. He lied to Congress. Now remember, some people are allowed to lie to Congress, but they have to be Democrats. If you're a Republican and you lie to Congress, you're probably going to jail. And the indictment says that he stole the identities of his campaign donors and then used their credit cards to make tens of thousands of dollars of unauthorized charges. Then he wired some of the money to his own bank account, his personal bank account, 
And he used the rest to kind of, you know, pad his campaign fund. He's, of course, pleaded not guilty, but come on. They're not going to bring charges like that unless there's substantial proof. Right after the vote, Governor Kathy Hochul, who's a Democrat, said she's prepared to call a special election for the seat, probably in uh, February, under a time frame that the New York City law, New York, York State law sets. She said, when you look at his lack of ethics and the fact that, you know, he has not served the people of our state, particularly New York 3, where he resides, it's been an abysmal run for him, she said, and she's right. So now we'll have a special election, which is just going to be the first of a hotly contested year of congressional races in New York because Democrats are looking to flip a bunch of seats in the state and retake control of the House. And the field for his seat is already crowded. You got Tom Swazi, a Democrat who represented the district um, before that district, and then he ran for governor and lost. And I know nobody's ever heard of him, so he, just that should tell you everything you know need to know. But now that he's been removed from office, the office, his congressional office, remains operational, and it's under the management of the clerk of the house. Can't hire any staff, can't fire any staff. The current staff stays on, and they perform the constituent casework that's underway. They will be unable to undertake any legislative activity, like they can't draft bills. Santos um, hasn't lost all of the privileges that House members get. He still can walk onto the House floor. He can still hang out with other members. Um, and he can maintain his floor privileges as long as he's not a lobbyist or a foreign agent or have a direct interest in the bill that they're debating or that's being under consideration at the time, or as long as he's not been convicted of a crime, which, of course, is temporary in his case. But, you know, this is, I, I think to myself often, if you're sitting in another Western democracy somewhere and you're watching this, you got to be rolling your eyes. This is absolutely, we have never looked so ridiculous as we do these days. We got a man sitting in the White House who is, uh, you know, suffering from age-related mental deficiencies, and the whole world is watching as he, you know, misses cues, walks off the of stages in the wrong direction, delivers incoherent statements and speeches, has to be corrected all the time, and, you know, and that's the top of our food chain. And then they watch what's going on. In the House, we get, you know, we bounce one speaker. It takes like five tries to get the next speaker in place, and it ends up being a guy. Look, I'm not dissatisfied that much so far with the new speaker, Mike Johnson, but who is he? And he just kind of like got thrust into this. I don't think he was angling for this. I don't think he knew what was involved, really. And so now he's, uh, he's trying to tap dance as fast as he can and get up to speed. And the whole world is watching. You can't, you can't even, um, you can't imagine what Putin must be thinking or Xi Jinping or anybody else because I know what I'm thinking and it doesn't, doesn't make us look very good. Anyway, I will be talking with Derek at, uh, at uh, 345. He's going to come on and do a TMZ segment. And I think basically he, more than any other reason, agreed to do it today because it's my birthday and he knows if he doesn't, I will be mad for a long time. 
No, I'm just kidding. Um, so he will be on. Uh, don't forget to download our app, the 850 WFTL app. That way you have access to all the podcasts and you can listen to shows that you may have missed. And not just my podcast, but, you know, Cool Dad Rules, the Unidentified Alien podcast, and the various podcasts from our shows are all available to you with that app. So just stay right where you are. I got to take a quick break and I will be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So Sandra Day O'Connor, of course, was the first woman ever appointed to the Supreme Court, and she retired, and she died at age 93, and I'm sure there'll be lots of important tributes to her, and I keep thinking, like, all of these, you know, deaths in rapid fire, and Jimmy Carter is still alive. You know, I've had Jimmy Carter, well, I don't do it anymore, but we used to have a Deadpool at work, not this company, but the company before and for years, that was my, you know, the guy that I had said, well, I'm going to take Jimmy Carter because he can't live forever. And like, boy, was I wrong, right? He is like literally coming up on 100 and he didn't look very good at the funeral. But uh, nonetheless, you know, it's amazing how you just can't tell. And you just can't end life until God says it's over. But I have to talk about this. I... I don't even know whether I could call it a debate, but this crazy thing that happened last night on the Sean Hannity show, and then all of the things that have resulted from it, right? First and foremost, again, the world looks at us and thinks to itself, what a bunch of babies, what a bunch of mean-spirited, not serious people are in government in the United States of America. Because I guarantee, depending on what your politics are, you saw last night's, you know, whatever you call that, debate, you saw your guy emerge with, uh, you know, the victory. That, because I've talked to people today already who thought, uh, knew someone, and then I've talked to people who thought that DeSantis won. And I could only watch about, 35 minutes of it and then with all the insulting that was going back and forth and you know I just said to myself you know I'll never get back this 90 minutes of my life it's the eve of my birthday is this really what I want to do and I turned it off you know the there were some great lines you know no question about it both of them got off some good lines because they're both ideologues in their own way definitely both ideologues and it was interesting because you know the the line of the night was when Gavin Newsom first of all he's a he's a kind of handsome guy and he looks dead into the camera he really knows how to do uh, television, much more so than, than Governor DeSantis. But Governor Newsom looks into the camera and he goes, well, look, you know, neither one of us 
is going to end up running for, or, or being the president of the United States. And I thought, I agree with that. I don't think either one of them are going to get the nomination. Well, Gavin Newsom's not even declared for the nomination, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I don't think Ron DeSantis is going to get the nomination. I, I can pretty much guarantee he's not. And I've been saying this since he announced, but it's just not his time. And he's not got the juice to go up against Donald Trump. Really, nobody does. I know that they're all like, you know, pounding the table for Nikki Haley. And that's cute. I mean, you know, I used to think much of Nikki. I used to think a lot of Nikki Haley. I don't think much of her anymore. And not because she's running, but because she, you know, when she made that big fuss about the Confederate flag and, you know, she just, I became very disenchanted with her. But it, it is obvious to me that if you wanted to declare the winner last night of that, it would be Donald Trump. He won that. Maybe even Joe Biden and Donald Trump won it. Maybe even the late, great Walt Disney, Donald Trump and Joe Biden won it. And if there were losers, well, then I would say Sean Hannity was the big loser last night. He could not control that craziness, the great red versus blue state, you know. He just, he looked terrible. You know, this is a guy who should have been able to control those two, but he didn't. And I will say this, the, the idea that Gavin Newsom said all those wonderful things about Joe Biden shows what a disconnect there is between him and the rest of America. You know, everything that Governor DeSantis said about California is true. First he ruined San Francisco, then he ruined the entire state of California, and now he wants the country. Not going to happen. I don't care how handsome he is, and I don't care how many liberals cheat. It's just not going to happen. And so, you know, I just think it was a, a losing proposition for all three of them, and definitely for Sean Hannity. And I'm sorry to say that because, you know, I think Sean Hannity is certainly one of the biggest names in radio and television, if not the biggest now, Um in traditional, because of course, with Tucker Carlson on the sidelines, you know, then it becomes uh, all about Sean Hannity, Hannity for the most part. But I got to tell you, when he said that, I think it was yesterday on the uh, Roseanne Barr's podcast, he said that he's voting for Donald Trump in 2024. He said, I became an active Trump supporter when they raided Mar a Lago. That can't stand. I agree with Trump on a lot, but even if I disagreed with Trump on a lot, I'd still be a Trump supporter because you cannot allow the president of the United States to use the Justice Department to knock the front runner out of the race. And that's the sad truth for the left and the good news for the right. This is a lot bigger than a, a, you know, a rematch between... Trump and Biden, way bigger. This is a question of, are we going to tolerate the sitting president abusing his power and using the Department of Justice and all these law enforcement agencies to go after 
the opposition party and the opposition candidate, we can't do that. This is a referendum on what kind of country we want. And if you can, if you're sick and tired, as I am, of having these moral and intellectual so-called superiors that decide our destiny, well then guess what? You gotta push back. If you want an America that respects its borders, you can't allow this to continue, this open border. If you want an America that resists real authoritarianism, I know they accuse Donald Trump of that all the time, well then you gotta support Donald Trump because the powers that are being used against him are tyrannical. And if you want an America that will turn on its own people, because that's what we have right now, well then you'll support Joe Biden. It's really that simple. And I understand, I was a liberal once upon a time too. I think anybody who when they're young isn't a liberal is probably something wrong with them. But anyone who remains a liberal into adulthood, there's something wrong with them. There are plenty of people, and even more recently, I have lots of friends, including conservatives, who voted for Barack Obama at least once, and many of them even twice. I know people who voted for Bernie Sanders. You know, they didn't want Hillary. They wanted Bernie Sanders. She, they didn't like the way um, she treated Bernie Sanders. They didn't like the way the DNC treated him. But then when she got the nomination, of course, you know, these liberals voted for Hillary Clinton because, oh my God, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. He's the orange devil and all that stuff. And they were very upset. You know, people, liberals, when Trump won, I, I, I told you yesterday, I've lost friends over Trump. And then I try to think to myself, like, what the heck? Why are they so hysterical? Why does this one man bring that out? In normal people, or I used to think they were normal, that hysteria, that Trump derangement syndrome. You know, whether you're a big political junkie, and obviously we are, you have to admit that a lot of people, when they were presented with the opportunity to vote either for John McCain or Barack Obama, it wasn't a, it wasn't a hard choice for them. They didn't you know, see anything about John McCain that they related to. And we all wanted to finally have, you know, a black president. And look, I, I'd still like to see certain people in that office, not because they're black, but in spite of the fact that they're black and they're, we haven't had anybody since Barack Obama. But all I can tell you is this nonsense that I saw last night between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis continues to make us look really like a third world banana republic. We look absolutely pathetic. Why have such a thing? You know, why have a debate between the governor of California and the governor of Florida? Like, let them govern. One of them is running practically full-time for the nomination, and the other is kind of running a shadow campaign. That's what uh, DeSantis said to him last night. Like, you're running a shadow campaign. At least uh, DeSantis declared. I don't know. It's embarrassing. That's all I can say. I remember people telling me, oh, I'm so embarrassed that Donald Trump is president. I was never embarrassed. I didn't think that everything Donald Trump said or did was, uh, was, uh, was okay. I certainly didn't. 
some of his behavior was crazy and juvenile, but I can't fault him on his morals, on his principles, and certainly not on a secured border to the best of his ability, a thriving economy in spite of things that could have torn down any economy, and the respect and fear of tyrants all over the world, from Kim Jong-un to uh, Vladimir Putin to Xi Jinping. It was nice to have somebody that everybody was afraid of, because now I got somebody not only are they not afraid of, they're literally poking us in the chest, and we're sitting here and watching our troops being you know, attacked by drones. Uh, it's not looking, we're not looking good. We're really not. You know, and the idea that one guy has this big giant case about mishandling classified documents and then the other guy, and not to mention Hillary Clinton before the other guy, they mishandled documents and no bad, you know, no big deal. We got a crackhead son, no big deal. None of this is a big deal because they're just abusing the system. So look, I think you're going to find a lot more Trump supporters than you know. And they may never admit it. I said this in 2016. They may never tell you that they're going to vote for Trump or that they did vote for Trump, but they're going to vote for Trump. They are. People of color, women, all kinds of people that you're like, oh, never, 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 never happen. It's going to happen. You watch. You watch. And uh, I just pray that, you know, that, that he stays safe, really. That's my biggest concern. Anyway, I got to take a break. I'm... Um, I'll be back in just a moment, so don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with you. So I think you're all going to see, we're all going to see more and more people kind of come out of the woodwork and say that uh, they think that the this blue versus red battle, which they tried to create a much bigger firestorm with uh, Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis, is a pivotal time. We really do have to start thinking about what's at stake. You know, besides, I'm not a person who cares that much about image. You know, I'm really not. I care about results. And all I know is the results of the Biden presidency have been horrifying, just horrible. Um, and, and it's not all his fault. It's just a really hard time to have to lead this nation. We're a very divided country, and he's not at full mental capacity. Not that I think Joe Biden was ever that smart, because I don't. I never thought he was smart. So the fact that now he's not just not smart, but he's also old, I'm sympathetic, you know. Um, I, I don't dislike him with the kind of passion that I truly have disliked other presidents in my lifetime, you know, and that's just my truth. You know, I disliked Jimmy Carter, and you know God's answer has been to make him live forever. It's, you know that sometimes it feels like that, but I disliked him. I disliked his uh, his you know this extensive moral superiority that he kept lauding over everybody. I just like okay, you know, so you're really a nice guy and a Christian guy, but like you don't know how to lead. You know, and we have hostages, and you're still pussyfooting around. You know, the day that uh, Ronald Reagan won that election, the hostages were released. That, that has to tell you something. 
Okay, so so I didn't, and I really, really, really didn't like Barack Obama. Really didn't like him because of his policies. Those were all the things that I don't believe in. I don't think people should be made into victims and dependent on government at all. I was hoping that he was going to be the first place to say, okay, we're all going to step up. We're going to be better parents and better spouses and better leaders and better teachers. And instead it was like, oh, you know, nobody's fair. Whoever said life was fair, you know, it was very disappointing. That's all I'll say. Now, I didn't vote for him, but uh, but I wished I could have. You know, it would have been great to find a candidate who was, you know, just the best. Been a long time, though, since I've had that feeling. And again, I had it with Donald Trump, and people, you know, still roll their eyes about that, and I still have friends who don't talk to me over that, but guess what? I don't care. You know, I was right, and everybody else was wrong. How about that? <laughs> Which is kind of interesting, because I'm not usually politically right all the time, but I was in the case of Donald Trump, and I will be again in 2023, in November of 2023. I'm pretty, pretty confident. As a matter of fact, I would say I'm real confident. Anyway, I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I'll be talking with my son, Derek, who will be um, very solicitous and nice to me because it's my birthday and he's my baby. No matter what, no matter how old he gets, no matter how many television appearances, he's still my baby. So stay where you are. Right after me, of course, Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Pags, and then we are full sail into this weekend, in my case, into this birthday weekend. So I'm really looking forward to it. Stay right where you are. I've got one segment left. They say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But in the case of Derek Kaufman, the apple rolled all the way to L.A. The one thing Derek and his mother share in common, however, is the love for breaking news. TMZ is breaking news faster than the New York Times. So sit back and enjoy the news from Hollywood as only the Kaufman family can bring it. Yes, as only those uh, crazy Kaufmans can bring it. And of course, after last night's debate between the crazy governor of California and the crazy governor of Florida, you know, we have we probably have plenty to talk about. How you doing, kid? I'm hanging in there and a very happy birthday to you. This Thank is a you. big day. Yes, and you uh, you and your sister and my husband have all done wonderful um, gift giving, just really this wonderful little bracelet with all the birthstones of my grandkids and my kids. It's really, it's, uh, I'm touched. Thank you. This is a big milestone for you. You know, I'm not the best at gift giving, but I have people around me who are great at it. So yeah. Mary made sure I came, came correct and yes. Jenny as well. Yes. Well, I'm wearing the shirt that you got me, which said I survived the sixties twice. So, yeah, that was uh, yeah. pure me. That was yeah. that was my idea. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Mary told me. She said I had nothing to do with that, so I get that. But that's what I love about you. You're just a little bit edgy, um, and and definitely still my baby. And that for that always. I'm just grateful. Yes, yes, indeed, always. So, what'd you think of your governor and my governor? I thought that was a t- colossal waste of time. Yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting. I think a lot of the people read it as DeSantis really mopped the floor with him. I saw a lot of reviews of it. I thought, you know, Newsom knew what was coming. You know, right. Gavin Newsom knew that there was going to be a lot of criticism of California. The poop in the streets is obviously one of the most memorable things that DeSantis was able to drop on, on Gavin during the debate, and I thought it was effective. But mm-hmm. Newsom is, is just a good debater. He looks yeah. to me like the candidate that the Democrats will eventually go with, and this was his big introduction. 
Well, I, you know, I don't know that they'll go with him because they're not as smart as you think they are. But, um, but I definitely think he's smooth. It's just his record is atrocious. I mean, San Francisco, he, he blew being the, the mayor. He blew being the governor of California when you get right down to it. So, like, why would people around the country want him to do that to America? I just don't think he has a prayer. Oh, listen, it's not without its blemishes, but at least he could stand up there on the debate stage and not dodder around and ramble incoherently. I mean, you can't let perfection be the enemy of the good. And and President Biden is, is, to me, not up for uh, running for reelection. But they're not going to have a debate. That's the new talk is that uh, neither Biden or Trump will will do a debate. Because what do you need to know what they're going to be as presidents? We have examples. They were both presidents. It's true. I guess we know. But I just feel like the American people deserve to see the candidates from the major parties debate. But I guess that's where we are right now. Yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. And, and that's OK with me, because if last night was any uh, you know, example of enduring a debate, then you know, I, I've had enough already. <laughs> Let's just go with what, what we got and, and see how it turns out. Um, but there's lots of other stories. I mean, first and foremost, you... Um, you guys broke even a lot of the political news this week. I wasn't sure what happened with George Santos. It broke on TMZ before anywhere else. Yeah, you know, I, Santos is gone. And yeah. This was a, a long time coming, and the vote came in, and he's been expelled. This is, yeah. I think, only the sixth time in history right. uh, that a sitting congressperson has been expelled from that office. And it happened. So the House voted. It took a lot of Republican votes. 105 of the 311 votes were from Republicans. And, you know, this guy never really had any credibility or Mm -hmm. ability to, you know, legislate effectively. He was sort of a clown from the beginning. And I think this is probably for the best. A clown and a thief. But he's not alone. Apparently, uh, he may have, if he gets convicted of his, you know, mishandling of the campaign funds, he may have a a cellmate in... Of all people, here we go again, Jesse Smollett. Yeah, you know, Jesse Smollett, this saga is still going on. He just lost his appeal, though. Um, and the appeal was basically built around the fact that if you remember back when he was initially charged, Kim Fox charged him, or grand jury brought back an indictment, and then Kim Fox said, you know, I'm not going to go forward with these charges. Right. Then a special prosecutor was appointed who did go forward with charges, and he was convicted. And Jesse said, look, this is kind of a promise from a prosecutor not to charge me and then to bring charges. It's a little bit double jeopardy. Mm-hmm. The justices said, no dice. Mm-hmm. Not being charged is not tantamount to a promise never to charge you, so the conviction will be upheld. However, you know, there was one dissenting justice who said, look, he needs to be able to rely on this, and it felt like a promise to him. So I think the conviction should be overturned. So you could see this kind of split being appealed to the Supreme Court and maybe the Supreme Court wanting to take a look at it. Yeah, listen, you know, it's a, it's an interesting case and it would establish some pretty unusual precedents. So I think you're right. I think it, it may end up there. But I'm just so sick of Jesse. I'm, really I'm sick of it, too. Yeah. But if I'm Jesse Smollett, I got to wonder, you know. Cosby had his conviction overturned because of a similar sort of rationale where the where a prosecutor said, hey, we won't prosecute you. And then they did. And he actually did have his conviction overturned for those reasons. So we'll see if it if it if he can appeal to a higher court and maybe get another bite at the apple. But there's a whole lot of new charges against him. And and all of a sudden I'm seeing charges against people that are 30 years old coming up all over the place like, you know, me too's not over. 
Listen, they opened that window up in New York and everyone started filing all of these old sexual assault cases. So you saw, you know, Jamie Foxx has been sued, obviously Puff Daddy. So, yeah, this is Cuomo. this saga is going to play out for a while. Yeah. yeah, they went after Cuomo and I just I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, particularly when it comes to uh, Bill Cosby. I mean, can we all just agree that Bill Cosby is an old man and he spent some time in jail and that's worse than anything I could have imagined. Yeah, yeah. But what a I mean, Bill is hard to defend. <laughs> the lawsuits yeah. that come out of against him are show pretty much a, a monster on a serial basis, you know, throwing Mickeys in people's drinks. Whether you buy the allegations or not, there's a lot of smoke. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Sandra Day O'Connor, the first uh, female justice passed, and Jimmy Carter is still alive. How, I mean, even Henry Kissinger died. You know, it's unbelievable. We lost Sandra Day O'Connor. We lost uh, Charlie Munger. We lost right. Henry Kissinger. It was not a good week if you're in your 90s or, or plus for Henry Kissinger, who hit 100. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but you're right. Jimmy Carter showed up to Rosalind's funeral. He did not look to be in good shape. I mean, some of the images that came out of that with his mouth agape and, and so forth. He's not the picture of health. He's been in hospice for, I think, a 10 year. months. And usually yeah. hospice is a much shorter stint. Right. Um, but he is still alive. And it was, it was a, a lot of loss this week, though, in terms of very important people. And so, you know, Sandra Day O'Connor, obviously a trailblazer with a record as, uh, you know, big swing vote during some important years. And obviously her role in Bush v. Gore um, mm -hmm. will, will be remembered on that court. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, you know, always in the news, Kanye West and his new bride. I mean, I, don't, I can't even remember her name. It's Bianca something, right? Bianca Sensori, indeed. Right, Sensori. But it's like, you know, how much more can they do? I mean, how much more clothing can you take off to get attention? It's beyond my You know, I don't know. They go to fashion events. Every, everywhere they go, it looks like a Eyes Wide Shut, you know, <laughs> yes. scenes, cut, deleted scenes from Eyes Wide Shut. They're at a costume parties where she's wearing all nude outfits and holding teddy bears. Right. I don't understand it. It's just performance art at this point. I think he wants any headline other than him being an anti-Semite. Right. Uh, although he is leaning into some of these lyrics, you know, and he says, how could I be an anti-Semite? I had sex with uh, Scooter Braun's ex wife. I mean, oh. he's just an atrocious figure at this point, in my mind, yeah. and he's irredeemable. Right. Well, but Elon Musk has redeemed himself somewhat in with all those accusations by going to Israel. So anyway... Yeah, at least he's trying. <laughs> yeah, he is trying. And I don't think he's an anti-Semite. I think Kanye probably is. But anyway, um, thanks for all the love, and uh, I'll be seeing you soon. I'll be out in LA. I, we will see you soon. Have a very, very happy birthday and a good weekend. Thank you. Thanks a lot, kid. Love you. All right, so that does it for me this week. Uh, my plan is to have this wonderful birthday weekend continue for at least another 48 hours. <laughs> Listen, when I was a kid, I used to milk it for a week, so now I'm, I just want to get two days out of it. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, I will see you again on Monday at 3 o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. May God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. See you on Monday. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.